I have a lot of respect for people who have the ability to present complex concepts in short, straightforward, and understandable ways. My colleague Nathan Jones is one of those people. He has recently been in the process of producing a series of short, snappy, and thought-provoking videos about Bible prophecy and the fundamentals of the Christian faith. Stay tuned, and he and I will show you some of them. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Those of you who are regular viewers are familiar with my colleague here, Nathan Jones, but for those of you who are not, Nathan is our ministry's associate evangelist and web minister. Several years ago, Nathan came to me with an idea of making a series of very short one-minute video programs focusing on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy. He called them Bible Prophecy Insights. Nathan, what motivated you to develop this whole new form of outreach for us? Well, as web minister, my pulpit is the Internet, and you have to go where the people are, and the people as increasingly are on the Internet. And when they consume information on the Internet, they tend to like it shorter, and they also tend to like it bite-sized. And then if they want more information, then they leads you to another website or video to watch. So we have plenty of wonderful shows here at Christ and Prophecy, what's called long-form video, half-hour, hour. But a lot of people now on the Internet are consuming very short, few-minute videos. So what I want to do is create one really good video that taught them one informa- bit about Bible prophecy, yeah. one topic, and then would encourage them to come back to our website at lamblion.com and research more on that topic and watch full-length videos like Christ and Prophecy. Yes, and I would imagine that would particularly appeal to younger people like millennials who don't do that much reading according to the polls, but really like videos, and also they have a rather short attention span. Yeah, increasingly (laughs) on the Internet, the attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. What I saw uh, successfully, a ministry that did this was Creation Today with Eric Hoven. He made these one-minute videos called Creation Minutes, and they were beautiful and they taught a a subject, a a topic in in, uh, creation, and then it brought people back to his website. So I called Eric. I said, hey, how do you do do this? And he he explained it to me generously. And he said that he has a Disney animator who has helped him design it. A Disney animator. Disney animator. So I contacted, his name's Ralph Streen of Sevenfold Films, and he agreed to work with us. He made six different videos that talked about uh, different aspects of Bible prophecy for one minute, and then we would bring them back to our website so people could read more. And... You covered quite a number of topics in those six, didn't you? Oh, Signs of the Times, the Rapture, uh, the Valley of Dry Bones. Well, how about showing us uh, the very first one you made? Uh, But before you do so, explain it to us. Well, that's one of my favorite ones, the accuracy of Bible prophecy. A mathematician, Peter Stoner, calculated the probability of eight prophecies being fulfilled in the life of Jesus out of 108 Messianic first coming prophecies was absolutely unbelievable. And I thought, what a great illustration. What if we computer animated that? And so that's what we did. I computer animated his example to prove mathematically that the chance of Jesus fulfilling those prophecies, it was astronomical. So the idea that those prophecies could be fulfilled accidentally in the life of one person is just beyond the realm of probability. It's beyond the realm of probability. Okay, let's take a look at it. I'm Nathan Jones with your Bible Prophecy Insight. Can math prove the accuracy of Bible prophecy? Well, let's start with just eight of the 108 prophecies fulfilled in Jesus' life. 
Mathematician Peter Stoner calculated that the probability of all eight being fulfilled in the life of one person is one in 10 to the 17th power. That's 17 zeros. That'd be like filling the entire state of Texas two feet deep in quarters. Mark just one, throw it in. The odds would be like walking for days and then the very first coin picked up, that would be the one with the mark. Impossible, right? Not if the Bible is truly God's word. To learn more about Bible prophecy, visit us at lamblion.com. Wow, Nathan, that was fantastic. And what you've done is whetted my appetite. So how about showing us another one? Well, praise the Lord. Glad you liked it. Let's see the fourth one. It's probably my favorite one. It's called Technology Foretold. It covers the sign of the end time about how technology, would we get all these new technologies the closer to Jesus' return? For example, when Daniel was asking the angel to reveal some information to him, and the angel said, you can't understand this until the time where knowledge and technology increase. When those increase, then we would understand that prophecy, and that's what this one's about. And that's exactly where we are today. Let's see it. I'm Nathan Jones with your Bible Prophecy Insight. Can you believe the technology we have today? I mean, Jets, cell phones, x-rays, Mars explorers even, uh, we seem to have it all. And yet, it all came about in just the last few decades. And did you know that many of our technologies today were foretold in the Bible 2,500 years ago? The books of Daniel and Revelation describe mass transportation, satellite communications, television, computers, the internet, nuclear weapons, and a great population explosion. And all of this was to come just as Jesus is about to return. To learn more about Bible prophecy, come visit us at lamblion.com. Another fantastic presentation. Congratulations. Folks, we're going to take a brief break and then we'll be back to show you some of Nathan's new programs that he calls Inbox Videos. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy. I'm in the process of interviewing my colleague Nathan Jones about his production of short video programs designed to teach Bible prophecy and the fundamentals of the Christian faith. Nathan, how about more of your wonderful Bible prophecy insights? At least one more of them before we shift to the new series called Inbox. Okay, well let's do number six. It's the prophecy Ezekiel made of the Valley of Dry Bones. I'm Nathan Jones with your Bible Prophecy Insight. 2,600 years ago, the prophet Ezekiel was shown a vast valley of dry human bones. God declared that they would come to life, and they did. With the great rattling sound, the bones drew together and were given life. God explained his vision. It would be the Jewish people resurrected as a nation once more. In 1948, the dry bones became the nation of Israel again, just as God foretold. The only part still missing is God's spirit, and they'll get that upon Jesus' return. To learn more about Bible prophecy, visit us at lamblion.com. 
Folks, that's just one of six one-minute videos that Nathan produced a couple of years ago called Bible Prophecy Insights. This year he shifted gears and he started uh, producing short videos but just a little bit longer called inbox videos. Nathan, what caused you to suddenly decide to shift the gears and go to, to videos that are just a little bit longer? Well, one, we lost our computer animator, Ralph. He went on to do a full movie on Genesis chapters 1 okay. through 3 and it's in 3D, it looks incredible. Uh, but so we decided that we needed uh, short ones, but they had to also be, uh, again, more information about it. one topic about Bible prophecy, but we could expand a little more without going too long, you know, more than, say, three to five minutes. Okay. Uh, some are a little longer. But the reason was is that we, they're called the inbox because I answer a lot of the Bible questions that come in the ministry. Right. And that's my inbox. And I thought, well, instead of sending long articles and answers, I could show them a short video <laughs> and, you know, kill two birds with one stone. So it yeah. makes it easy for me. But uh, that's the reason why. They're the inbox answers for the end times because they give answers to a lot of questions people commonly have. Well, that's uh, that certainly makes sense to me because I know you're always answering all these difficult questions because I send them over to you. Yes, you do. And you encourage people. <laughs> people to send them to me too. <laughs> I do. So uh, uh, this will be another way to get people's attention, but they're still short. Yes, they're not yes. long long uh, videos, and they are really, really well done. I compliment you and your colleague on uh, the production of those, Praise and I'd like for you to show us one right now. So uh, what? which one are you going to show us and tell us a little bit about it? Well, I decided to do uh, is America and Bible prophecy. Very common question amongst Americans. And you want to time these when major events are happening. Okay. So we made this at the same time as the 2016 elections. Is America in Bible prophecy? And it's good with these videos to do three things. One, educate people. Two, entertain people. And three, enlighten people. Give something they take away and they can apply to their life. And we hope we accomplish that with this video. Yes, and on this one, folks, you better be ready for a surprise opening. Here now <laughs> is the inbox hey. on America in Bible prophecy. And now the president wants Congress to get behind it as well. Let's keep our eyes on the chamber right now. We're told the president right behind those doors, <laughs> waiting to be announced by the House Sergeant of Arms, Paul Irving. Just moments ago, of course, here comes the Sergeant of Arms now. Mr. Speaker, the President of the United States. My fellow Americans, we fearfully worry and debate, especially during election year, whether the actions or inactions of a particular candidate or party are going to destroy the United States. Well, the answer to that debate is yes. Yes, they are. After all, as a nation, we've kicked God out of just about every institution in our society. Our leaders, no matter what party, just do not seek the counsel and wisdom of God. The greatest ruler of Israel, King David, warned his citizens that when they rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High, he brought down their heart and there was none to help. For as long as we as a nation ignore the eternal wisdom of God and try to go it alone based on one, our own very limited understanding of the universe, and two, because we're working off a broken moral compass, we most definitely as a nation are doomed to failure. Bleak, yes, but not hopeless. If only we as a nation repent and turn back to God. Does the Bible contain any prophecies concerning the United States that will help Americans make an informed decision during an election? Here are four biblical references where it is believed the United States can be found in end time Bible prophecy. 
Is the United States in Bible prophecy? Number one, a nation tall and smooth of skin, Isaiah 18. Verse 7 prophesies how a present will be brought to the Lord of hosts from a people tall and smooth of skin and from a people terrible from their beginning onward, a nation powerful and treading down whose land the rivers divide. Now, when it comes to describing the United States, the reference to a powerful nation divided by great rivers such as the Mississippi River fits the bill. But the smooth skin part? Context is vital to interpretation, and verse 1 through 2 address the country of Ethiopia, which in Isaiah's time included the Sudan. So therefore, the dividing river is the Nile River, and these people are Ethiopian slash Sudanese, and clearly not Americans. Number two, the merchants of Tarshish and all their young lions, Ezekiel 38 through 39. In this future prophecy, the people of Tarshish sit back and do nothing but watch Russia and the Islamic nations of the Middle East attempt to invade Israel. In Ezekiel's time, roughly 600 BC, Tarshish was considered the nation at the western end of the earth. So it's assumed her young lions must be the new world colonies of the west. But was Tarshish Britain or Spain? Historians aren't sure. So this may be a reference to the Spanish-speaking colonies and not the English-speaking ones, which would have included the United States. Number three, a great eagle, Revelation 12. Revelation 12 tells a story of a dragon who is cast down to the earth, and he persecutes the woman who gave birth to the male child. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is protected. Some have interpreted this passage to mean that in the future, the dragon, Satan, will persecute the woman, Israel, who gave birth to the male child, Jesus. And a great eagle, the symbol of America, will rescue the Jews from the Antichrist with something like a massive airlift. Well, everything up to the eagle is interpreted correctly, but God in Deuteronomy 32 describes Israel's deliverance from Egyptian slavery as, "...how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself." The eagle's wings, God explains, is himself and not the United States. Number four, Babylon the Great, Revelation 18. This passage foretells of a coming one world ruler who will reign from Babylon. The ruler's empire is described as having made the nations drunk on her fornications and the merchants of the earth rich through her luxuries. God then destroys this evil empire in one hour. Some conclude that since the United States is powerful and wealthy and the moral polluters of the world, that Babylon must be the United States, or at least New York City or Hollywood. The context, though, is a new global government where all the nations of the world are members. America, if it still exists during that future time, would only be a member state, never having reached the status of a global empire. So where can the United States be found in Bible prophecy? Not in any of those four passages. But God does say, the indignation of the Lord is against all the nations and his fury against all their armies and that he will utterly destroy the nations of the world when Jesus returns to set up his kingdom. So in these general prophecies, which address all the nations of the world, the United States, like the rest, can be found. But remember, Christians, the Apostle Paul reminds us that our true citizenship is not of this world, but in heaven. So while we wait for Christ's coming kingdom, do as Jesus commanded. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. To get more answers for the end times, subscribe to this channel and please visit us at ChristinProphecy.org. 
Well, President Nathan, I really was uh, <laughs> surprised by the opening of that particular video, but I'll tell you one thing, it grabs your attention, and that's, of course, what you were trying to do. What I'd like to do next is show the tremendous video you put together uh, in defense of the pre-trib rapture, and that was done in response to one that had been posted on the internet by whom? Jefferson Bethke. Yes, who is a very fine young man and a great Bible teacher, but really is off base with the rapture. And you make that very clear in this video. Here it is, folks. Hey, guys. Nathan here. I've returned because what I want to talk about today is... What are some misconceptions about the rapture? The best example of getting it all wrong about the rapture is a video made by YouTube poet Jefferson Bethke, who was made popular by his awesome video, Why I Hate Religion But Love Jesus. Jeff's done some good work furthering the gospel, and I commend him for it. But when it comes to his understanding of the rapture, I have to ask, how is Jefferson Bethke wrong about the rapture? Jeff makes the following eight common misconceptions people have about the rapture. Oh, but first, what do I mean by the rapture? I'm referring to that biblical teaching that Jesus is going to return one day soon to catch up, snatch away, rapture believers in Christ, called the church, off this earth and up to heaven to live with Him forever. The Apostle Paul comforted the Thessalonians by teaching them that the rapture is meant to encourage believers living in this difficult age of persecution. Christians, though, will not have to endure the worst time that's yet to come, the wrath of God, over a seven-year tribulation time period. Paul explained that the rapture is meant to give Christians comfort and hope. Jeff disagrees. His thesis? Number one, the rapture is problematic when it comes to hope as a Christian believer. I want to actually argue how I think it's a little problematic when it comes to hope as a Christian believer. How can the teaching of the rapture be problematic when Jesus himself even promised? Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. As a Christian, I find it highly comforting to know that God doesn't beat up on his children when he brings judgment on the world, a judgment that will destroy much of the world's population and ecology. Jesus even compares his church to a bride, and no man beats up on his fiance, especially for seven years. God's loving protection provides great comfort and hope. Number two, the rapture teaching is too new to be true. First, it didn't really become popular till about the 1820s with a guy named John Darby. He actually claimed that there was a girl who had a vision similar to rapture theology that then he as a Bible teacher made it very, very popular and began teaching it. Jeff trots out that well-disproving claim that the rapture teaching was popularized in 1830 by a crazed teenager named Margaret MacDonald and then a cult leader named John Darby promoted her view. This is an historical fallacy, for not only was Darby teaching about the rapture well back in the 1820s, but many others had since the Puritans 200 years earlier. Bible prophecy stopped being taught in the church in the 400s AD when Augustine began spiritualizing everything in the Bible. And until the Renaissance, you could be killed for disagreeing with his teachings. When the Reformation in the 14 and 1500s began bringing back the literal interpretation of the Bible, Bible prophecy was once again taken seriously. Anyway, biblical truth is determined by Scripture alone, and not how the teaching has been perceived at different times during history. And Scripture teaches about the rapture of the church. Christianity is now understanding the rapture better because of what the prophet Daniel was told, that end-time prophecy will not be fully understood until the time comes for it to be fulfilled. Number three, raptured people live as disembodied spirits. 
But it feeds this idea of Gnosticism or dualism in that, again, the earth is evil, the earth is bad, and it's all about a higher level of spirituality where there's no physical form, where there's no physical substance. Jeff goes as far as calling the rapture teaching a Gnostic heresy. He's right. Gnosticism is a heretical teaching that material is bad and spirit is good, which the apostles kept refuting. But the rapture passages never teach that after we die, we live as disembodied spirits. The Apostle Paul explained when raptured, our corrupted human bodies are transformed and changed into our new glorified bodies. The Bible teaches that these glorified bodies are tangible, recognizable, and eternal, just like Jesus' body at His resurrection. Number four, the tribulation is for destroying those God doesn't want basically going to leave the earth to just implode. There's going to be tribulations and a bunch of stuff there, but it's basically just going to burn up and it basically it's going to get left behind. But God is going to ultimately take the people he wants out of that before he destroys the world. Jeff doesn't seem to understand what the tribulation is all about. The tribulation isn't all about judgment, but about salvation. The church is raptured because God has promised his bride will never have to endure his wrath. But for those people left behind, this is God's big push to get them on their knees and bring them to salvation. So while the focus is on bringing the Jewish people to accept Jesus as Messiah, Gentiles will also come to know Christ, and God uses all sorts of amazing methods to share the gospel. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, and multitudes will come out of the tribulation saved. Number five, Christians are worried they'll be left behind. Like, honestly, I still think back to when I was a kid, and I remember I was terrified that I would, like, come home or show up at school, and I would be the only one left behind. No Christian today should have any fear that they'll be left behind. If you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, then you're secure in God's promise. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Number six, the rapture is about ushering Jesus at the end of time. Paul's basically saying, yeah, yeah, at the end of time, the same way he left is the same way he's going to come back. And when everything is fully restored and reconciled, we're going to be snatched up in the air and then usher him back down to where heaven and earth will finally be one again. To make such a statement, Jeff's likely bought into the once dead but now resurrected view called dominionism, also kingdom now or post-millennialism. This view spiritualizes the biblical prophecies concerning the rapture, tribulation, second coming, millennial kingdom, and eternal state, and throws them all into a blender. The result is that prophecy is all in the past, and the church will evangelize the world until it gets better and better, until eventually the church reigns over a golden age. Jesus then returns, and the church hands a restored world over to him. But is the world getting better and more Christian? No, not really. Postmillennialism is an exciting concept, but not realistic. Only Jesus himself, personally, can restore all things. Number seven, Christians are hiding out, waiting for the rapture instead of evangelizing. See, the problem with the rapture is it actually becomes really problematic because a lot of Christians just want to hide out and kind of just hold on really tight and get out of this evil place. One merely has to leave the confines of the Reformed churches and actually get to know a person who believes in the rapture of the church to understand that we premillennialists take the Great Commission very seriously. Because we always live with that 30,000 foot level view, that being, Jesus is returning, we're always excited by three things. One, evangelism. Two, holy living. And three, the return of Christ in victory. The greatest mission movements ever were pioneered by those who live with the hope of the rapture. Number eight, Paul's reference to hope was about the eternal state. 
But God is putting heaven and earth back together in Jesus. He calls us alongside to that. And then we see the trajectory he's going. We see the finish line. And we're supposed to look at our lives and say, is my life on that trajectory? Is that the hope I'm clinging to? And is that the hope I'm offering? That Jesus is going to one day make everything right, fully restore and fully redeem heaven and earth. That Jesus rules over restored and united heaven and earth in the eternal state is exciting and does provide great hope for the Christian. I agree. But that's like watching the Super Bowl game alone and missing all the games that led up to it. There are so many other victories our team has before that final game. It's a great stretch to claim Paul's reference to hope was just about the end game, especially since the context of his comforting the Thessalonians was about not living through the tribulation. The hope God gives us isn't limited to the eternal state, but in all of Christ's other victories as well, and that includes the rapture. To get more answers for the end times, subscribe to this channel and please visit us at ChristinProphecy.org. Well, Nathan, I want to thank you for sharing those very clever and innovative videos with us. And I understand that your assistant, Stephen Stuffelbean, played a major role in producing those. Oh, yeah. I'm only half the creative team. The other half is always behind the camera or behind the editing booth. Stephen is very creative and comes up with many great ideas. Well, I pray the Lord will continue to richly bless the two of you as you come up with creative ideas to produce uh, these little videos that really make a point about Bible prophecy Present. and also defense of the faith. Well, folks, that's our program for this week. I hope it's been a blessing to you. Until next week, the Lord willing, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Do you or someone you know have difficult questions about the end times? Questions such as, Why study Bible prophecy? Can we trust the Bible? Can the United States be found in Bible prophecy? How do we know that Jesus Christ is coming back soon? What are some misconceptions about the rapture? Is there proof that God exists? Was Jesus really born of a virgin? Will Jesus rule the earth for a thousand years? Are we currently living in the tribulation? And how do we identify a false prophet? You will want to order our latest DVD, The Inbox, Answers for the End Times, Volume 1. This DVD contains 10 teaching videos hosted by Lamb and Lion Ministries Associate Evangelist Nathan Jones. Each dynamic teaching ranges from 5 to 8 minutes in length, making these bite-sized lessons an excellent resource as an introduction to self and group Bible studies. As a bonus, the Inbox DVD also contains six Bible Prophecy Insights videos, giving you an awesome insight into God's prophetic word in just one minute each. These visually captivated computer animated videos are designed to draw people to the outright amazing promises God has made to us all. Our hope is that you'll learn from, enjoy, and pass these answers for the end times on to family, friends, and church pastor so that they too may know the spiritual richness of Bible prophecy. The Inbox, Answers for the End Times Volume 1 DVD, can be yours for the gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Just call the number you see on the screen Monday through Friday between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time or place your order through our website at lamblion.com. Are you living with hope in the end times? Make plans now to attend this year's annual Bible Conference and Banquet on July 14th and 15th. Speakers include Dr. David Reagan, Don Perkins, Pastor Glenn Meredith, Dr. Tommy Ice, Pastor Andy Woods, and Dr. Ed Heinsen. The conference will be held at the Courtyard Marriott Hotel in Allen, Texas. Put the conference on your calendar and plan to join us for an exciting two days of great Christian music, fellowship, and dynamic teaching. 
Register at lamblion.com today or by contacting us at 972-736-3567, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time. Hurry, seating is limited. Christ in Prophecy is made possible through the faithful and generous support of viewers like you. Please consider making a donation to Lamb and Lion Ministries so that we can continue broadcasting the message of Jesus' soon return. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 